Baytown Cowboys podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cape Town Cowboys podcast. It is I, Danny. Uh, I'm here by myself in uh, Korea uh, because Bobby is in L.A. Um, you know, he's, his movie, Fiction and Other Realities, is, uh, is um, they had the screening at the L.A. Pacific Film Festival. Um, I've saw the movie already, and uh, I, I've heard from people, and they say great things. So, Bobby, congrats. But that leaves me to be here by myself. Now, um, usually we upload the podcast every Sunday, but unfortunately this past Sunday, I was um, in Guam and Saipan doing some gigs. So first of all, big shout-outs to um, Jack Event Group in uh, Guam. You guys set up the very hospitable. Uh, Guam is a beautiful place. Um, and also a uh, big shout out to Royal Soil Clothing in Saipan. You guys hooked it up. And look at the hat you gave me. Look at the hat. Um, I, I had a great time. Um, the only thing I would say about my trips to Guam and Saipan was that um, I, I planned it a little shitty. So... Uh, in four days, I was on eight flights, so ugh, that was kind of shitty. But um, aside from that, um, it was really cool. I mean, I I knew that Guam was a U.S. territory. I didn't know Saipan was kind of, and so uh, I was I was uh, spending U.S. dollars for the first time in six months, which was kind of cool. I got to speak English. The whole time, which was cool. I got to perform in English for the first time in like five, six months. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, I plan on going there again. And for those uh, people, I would definitely suggest going to Guam and Saipan because, um, I mean, especially if you're in Asia and you want to kind of feel uh, like a not super popular, uh, like populated place, Guam and Saipan is a place to go. And, uh, yeah, so for those that are listening on the podcast, I am, uh, I'm on Facebook Live right now, and uh, so, you know, I'm going to be answering some questions, so I might be, you know, my train of thought might be a little bit cut off, but uh, just want to say hi. Hi, uh, hi, Esther. And uh, Richard goes, why are you in Korea? Well, it's kind of a, uh, how do you say, a long Long answer, but fuck it. I have an hour to fill. Uh, so the reason why I'm in Korea is because um, for a few years I was uh, I was in LA. You know, I was you know doing gigs, you know, shooting you know commercials and things like that. But ultimately, I felt uh, like I was getting a little bitter and angry uh, about you know where my career was headed and things like that. So um, and then last July. I was in Malaysia for a gig for Comedy Central Asia, and uh, I met a lot of English-speaking comedians out here in Asia, and apparently there's a lot of uh, stand-up comedy opportunities, and, uh, and uh, you know, I talked to some of the bookers, and they were like, you know what, we would love to have you here, uh, but we will not pay for your flight from the States, so I decided, fuck it. Why not move out here to Korea, where I know some people, plant the flag here, and, um, you know, just tour uh, on a regular basis. And now that I'm here, uh, I've actually uh, found an opportunity to start doing stand-up in Korean, which is, uh, which is fairly new to this country, but, you know, it's exciting. It feels like I'm starting stand-up all over again, so, you know, there's... A fire has been lit um, under my ass. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are uh, familiar with it, but uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The the folks at, at YG, if you know anything about K-pop, YG is the label that, uh, hold on, let me move this uh, tripod a little higher because I'm slouching and that's going to be bad for my posture. Uh, there you go. Yay, it's higher. Ta-da. And so, um, 
so yeah, uh, I've been uh, so YG. They they have a comedian under roster named Yu Pyeongje, and uh, yeah, he released a Netflix special, uh, the first ever to my knowledge, a comedy special, and um, I I kind of helped with it. And then last week or two weeks ago, he released or he shot another one for Netflix. So. Um, you know the stand-up comedy movement in Korea is starting to grow. Um, for those that uh, that have listened to the podcast uh, before, um, starting in June, there's going to be an actual uh, Korean um, comedy club opening up here in Seoul, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be. No, I'm not going to run the joint, but, you know, I'm going to be there telling some dick jokes in Korean. And, and, and hopefully uh, uh, my plan is to be able to build an hour of stand up by the end of this year so I can shoot it. And hopefully, um, I'll, you know, I can sell it to Netflix Korea. What's up, Joseph? Hey. And so, yeah, who knows? I mean, you know, ultimately uh, things in the business, it, you know, you got to be famous, so I got to be, like, Instagram famous, and by the looks of of the number of viewers on this Facebook Live, I have a total of eight people, meaning that I have a long way to go to be uh, social media famous, but, um, yeah, you know, just busting my ass, trying to be, trying to be as funny as I can, uh, and, um, yeah, so... So any more questions? If not, then I'm going to go continue to talk about my my weekend. Um, so basically the reason why I took eight flights to, uh, you know, in the last four days is because originally mm, I had a, a gig in the Philippines uh, and, and so... Um, and the people of, at, at Guam, they were like, yo, we will f- pay for your flight from the Philippines to Guam and back. Unfortunately, the Philippines gig fell through. And uh, so I had to pay my way to the Philippines, which kind of sucked. Uh, hey, what's up, Justin? Hello from Cape Town. Well, hello from Korea, K-country. Uh, anyway, so I was in... Um, so I had to go pay uh, my way to the Philippines, and if you, uh, from for all of you that that know, if you pay, if you try to buy a flight super late, then they're gonna be mad expensive, right? So uh, the cheapest flight or way to Philippines I could find was a layover in Hong Kong. So on uh, Friday, which was the fourth, I flew from Incheon to Hong Kong to the Philippines, to Guam, and that was uh, all in one day, and then uh, did a show in Guam, which was great, uh, and then uh, then I went from Guam to Saipan, uh, I did two shows in Saipan, and then flew back to Guam on the same day, so that was like, I, I only got to spend like 15 hours in Saipan, which sucked, I loved I should have stayed in Saipan a lot longer, and I didn't, which is uh, which is something I regret. But I, if anyone from Saipan is watching, I would love to be back. Um, Saipan was awesome, and then uh, back to Guam, and then the following day, uh, from Guam I went to the Philippines, went to Hong Kong, and back to Seoul. So that was a shit ton of flights. Now. I have never been to any of these airports, uh, and I, I have to say something, man. Like um, when I was in the Philippines, uh, apparently it is voted uh, like fifth worst airport um, in Asia, and uh, I haven't been to every Asian airport, but yeah, Philippines, uh, Manila, you got to uh, step your airport game up because. Like let's say you uh, get to terminal, you 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 have a you have to transfer flights, right? So 
let's say you land in terminal two and you got to get your ass to terminal three. Um, what you got to do is you got to actually leave the airport. So you have to go through customs and get the hell out of the airport. And then from there, hey, Dave, what's up? And then from there, you have to transfer to the other terminal. And, um, you know, you got to take one of them, uh, them buses. Uh, and, you know, it'll take you, it's like a 30 minute to an hour wait, right? So you get there. Uh, and then you have to get to the other terminal and then you have to go through immigration again, which is, uh, which is kind of a big pain in the ass. So you would have to approximately need, you need probably like three to four hours, um, just to transfer terminals and get through customs in the Philippines. And so that sucked major ass. Thankfully, my layovers were like, oh, on average, six hours, so I had plenty of time. Um, hey, hello from downtown LA. Hello from South Korea. Dwight Nakamitsu is in the house. My man, Dwight. Um, so yeah, uh, Manila, you need to do some about your uh, airports. Um, apparently, Terminal 2, I mean, I was at Terminal 2 at Manila Airport. Not cool. Terminal 3 was a lot better. Um, there was this transit lounge, you know, uh, and, um, holy crap, uh, for 14 U.S. dollars, there was a transit lounge at the Manila airport at Terminal 3. I think it was called Wings Transport. Now, it's, it's not a great lounge by any means in terms of like, um, uh, what do you call it? like food and beverages and whatnot. However, however, uh, it was perfect if you needed to nap or take a shower. Uh, and I napped like a motherfucker at Manila Airport, um, snoring and everything. I knew because I woke myself up. Oh, there's so many hearts coming up. But thank you, whoever you are. Uh, Rosa H. Espada is watching. Hola, que tal? Um, so yeah, the uh, the Manila Airport, that 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 was a that was kind of a journey. Yep, the transit lounge was fantastic because I slept a very very uh, how do you say? It was a very quiet place, you know. And I was reading reviews about this transit lounge on Terminal Three, and people were talking shit like. The uh, service was bad, and the customer, I mean, the, the receptionists were loud. They weren't loud at all. You guys are lying. Uh, and so I'm, you know, if you have a pretty decent layover in Terminal 3, I suggest it. The food's whatever. But you can just go outside. 14 bucks for seven hours. That's, that's fine. That's perfect, right? Now, the other random... Uh, uh, how do you say, random flight story I have is the plane from Guam to Saipan. Now, it was run by United Airlines, um, you know, uh, but I expected in my mind, you know, United Airlines, you expect to possibly get your ass kicked by, um, you know, for being Asian. But uh, more importantly, I expected it to be like um like there was going to be like a first class or a business class. You know what I mean? There was going to be the rich people and then the poor people section, the economy. Not this plane. This plane had only one class. We were all equal. It was 50 seats. Um, it was a propeller plane. So you can see the propellers. Um, yeah, one bathroom. Basically, it was a bus with wings. And um, kind of scary. Uh, I guess you call it a prop plane, I guess. And um, yeah, I was uh, I was a little scared, being a little bitch. Um, and you know, like, like I'm not, you know, I don't have no experience on, you know, like what do you call it? I'm not a mechanical engineer. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a mechanic, an airplane mechanic. But I was like, like trying to listen to see if like. 
like there were weird noises on the plane and they're like I, I'm not familiar with that with that noise what, what is that you know what I mean like I would, I would be like trying to make sure that everything was cool and it wasn't like a 40 minute flight but that was a bumpy as shit flight um, but uh, Guam and Saipan from what I've learned is that there's a bit of a rivalry uh, I don't know the direct history about it but I feel like uh, the way the U.S. is to like Canada, uh, I feel like Guam is to Saipan. You know, that's that's how, that's what I gathered. Except the people of Saipan were talking a lot of shit about Guam. Um, um, the other thing I, I've noticed is that the people, of, you know, both Guam and Saipan have a you know a tourist uh, that they make a lot of money through tourists, and the major countries that come are predominantly. Um, Japanese and Korean. Now, the people of Saipan told me that that you can spot a Korean tourist in Saipan uh, because they like to rent a Mustang convertible. So I asked that question because I was looking at all the um, rental car places in Saipan, and I swear to you, like I just saw like just a hundred Mustangs convertibles just in pink, yellow, just all kinds of colors. And um, the uh, locals were telling me that the Koreans are the ones that rent them. They park like shit. They park in the middle of the road to take pictures. Um, kind of a bad reputation. But, um, but, you know, I went in there and I said, look, yo, I'm not that kind of Korean. Because I didn't rent a car. Um, the promoter just gave me a ride everywhere. Hey, James Lee and Eddie. What's up, guys? Um, oh, both James and Eddie uh, went to Bobby's um, movie premiere. Uh, tell me what you guys, tell me what, what, what you guys are hearing. I mean, I've, I've, you know, looked at it and I heard, you know, good, the response was good, but chime in. Tell me what you guys uh, heard. I know you guys saw it. Um, because right now, I am here by myself doing an hour podcast. And um, I'm lonely, guys. Actually, uh, it's 2.20 a.m. But fuck it. I got to finish this shit. Um, so, what I've... Um, so yeah, the the food in Guam and Saipan is like uh, it's like it's meats, it's barbecue. You know what I mean? Um, I mean they also have some seafood, but I went in on the barbecue. And for those that are watching on Facebook Live, uh, yes, I have gained back some weight. So uh, um, which is not necessarily a really bad thing because I realized. That when I got here and I lost 30 pounds, all the clothes I brought were too big for me. And I didn't want to go to shop for a new wardrobe. So I figure, you know, gain a little bit back, kind of fill in the shirt again. And this is not an excuse, just just letting you know that, uh, uh, yeah, I, I completely fell off the... Uh, the wagon is that what it is? Uh, I I ate like a motherfucker for in Saipan um, and Guam. Food, delicious. Mm. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm totally totally in love. I'm like I'm I want to go back. You know, it's like as a joke. I, I I call Guam and Saipan like Diet Hawaii. I'm sure the people that listen are gonna fucking hate me for saying that. Uh, but, but yeah, I had a great time. Um, the, you know, one thing I learned about, uh, David goes, uh, just want you to get back and write. 
We need your stories. Make your next film. David, to be honest, uh, after making that that uh, last film, I uh, I got I got burnt out. I got I I went through like a, a phase of like a few years of like I don't want to do a damn thing. I just want to go tell um, stand up bits. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean I, I'm you know to be honest, like and, I, and I've said this before on uh, uh, other episodes um, uh, that that before I made K-Town Cowboys, when I saw um, an indie film and it wasn't that good, I used to talk a lot of shit about it. Well, not, not out loud, but I was like, oof, that was terrible. But after making K-Town Cowboys, I was like, you know what? If you finish the feature film, that's 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 awesome. Big uh, uh, big big shout outs to everyone that completed a feature film. Uh, that is that's why you know I know that Bobby uh, Bobby went through a lot of stress making his film, and uh, you know um, uh, I, I I totally I'm like I'm proud of you, buddy. You know it's it's such a uh, people don't know. People don't know that uh, uh, making a film, you know, like is a lot of people think it's easy. They'd be like, "Oh, why don't you make another film?" I'd be like, "Look, you write a script, right? You gotta fucking find investors or money, right, to make it, right? And uh, obviously, it's not gonna be a multi-million-dollar budget, so you're not gonna really get paid for it. So you're gonna spend three to Three years of your life, three, you know, once the money is there, three to four years of your life making it and going through the rounds. And especially if you're going to make an Asian-American film. Ooh. I mean, I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but making an Asian-American film uh, is kind of bad business, you know. And, um, you know, you really got to you got to have your balls sewn in tight because you're going to get your ass kicked. You know, it's not necessarily like the Asian American community is going to support. And I don't mean, yeah, there's like the film community, but I'm talking about Asian American people fucking paying 10, 15 bucks to go watch it in a the theater. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, um, from my experience, um, the community as a whole, they're, they're brand name whores. You know, they want the brand names. So... Unless you find all the famous Asian motherfuckers in one movie and then, you know, you make a somewhat decent film, it's the only way. It's never about, like, having, like, um, in all honesty, uh, the the thing that I realized was that skill uh, and talent only makes up for a fraction of success here, you know? And so uh, the only thing that, you know, where any any one profession that might be strictly merit-based might be sports, might be. But at the end of the day, like, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like, it, it really took a toll on me. And I was actually, to be honest, I was very disappointed uh in the community. At the end of the day, like people go, you know, yo, I'm I'm supportive. You're not supporting shit. Most people aren't supporting shit. You know what I mean? Let me give you an example. Asians will pay $150 to go watch Kevin Hart live. Right? They won't even go to a free show for an Asian American comic. Now what I'm saying this is I'm not saying that that we're equal to Kevin in terms of skill or star power or whatever. We're not. We're definitely not. But we're not that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not, like, you're not going to support. And then all you're going to do is talk shit and be like, whoa, whoa, you know, we have no representation. You're the fucking problem. What about Constant Sue and Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. They are. There are, I'm not saying, look, 
see guys when I when I when I give this let me give you another example let's say I said this I go I wish there were more Asian basketball players in the NBA so I can be like Jeremy Lin ain't that good without looking like a traitor but I can't because he's the only one and I'm not saying that that I'm not saying that Jeremy Lin is a shitty basketball player. I'm not saying that. He can definitely beat me, and he should because he's in the league. What I'm saying is is that if there were many, many other Asians in the basketball, um, basketball league, in NBA, then I can be like, he's not that good, but he's awesome. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, there is no... Uh, if you only have one or two or three options, then, you know can't do anything about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, Dave, I'm going to write. Of course I'm going to write, but, you know, it, 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 I'm, to be honest, the, uh, all these, um, all these, uh, events kind of, uh, uh, it kind of disappoints me. The, in all honesty, I feel like the, uh, and I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for me saying this, but, the Asian American community has, uh, in terms of support, you know, it, it's, it's almost like you have to, as an Asian, as an Asian, for you to make it, you need white people to be a fan of you, not the Asians. Because the Asians don't give a shit until the white people, uh, you know, give you some, give you some love. And that's the sad part. Asians will side with you. If the whites side with you first, sad reality and truth. Um, uh, and yeah, um, I think Andrew said Ken John is blowing up again. There are a handful of people that are blowing up, but um, but here's 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 my my thing on it. I love Ken. Ken Ken actually is the executive producer of our movie. On top of that, Ken is a dear friend of mine. I wish Ken's awesome, you know. Um, but what what I mean by this is that for for change to happen, uh, I kind of I kind of see it like this. Hollywood is uh, run by uh, a, a bunch of mafias, and I don't mean like crime syndicate mafias. I mean like racial and like group mafias. Like there is the obviously there's a Jew mafia, there's the um, the woman mafia, there's also the gay mafia, right? There's all of that, right? Unfortunately, there is no Asian mafia. Now, sure, there are Asians in high places, but there is no mafia. They're not gonna. They're not going to put it. There's no. Quite frankly, there is no Asian in America that puts asses in seats. That's plain and simple, you know. Uh, Dave, I'm not gonna be silenced. I never will be silenced. You know. Why do you think I'm in Korea? I'm not gonna be silenced. I just didn't want to stay in Hollywood or in L.A. and just get bitter. Uh, and be angry because it was bad for my health to be that way. So I come here. Um, I'm going to be out here. And fuck it. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do. Now, um, ultimately, given... Here's here's the example. Let's say there's a script. And it's about a dude taking a shit for two hours. Nobody's going to put money into that film. But if the guy taking a shit is Brad Pitt... Leonardo DiCaprio, or somebody like that, everybody's going to throw money. Why? Because having those people on board kind of, it's not guarantees, but it kind of kind of does guarantee that X amount of people will come see the movie. We don't have anybody in our community that can put asses in seats like those guys. And... Um, if you want to do simple math, let's say that there's 2 million Asians in the U.S. I'm sure there's more, but 2 million, right? And let's say that 20% of them 
go watch every Asian American film available. That's 200,000. And that's on average, say, what, 10 bucks a ticket on the low end? That's $2 million. So most Asian American independent films are way less than $2 million. Meaning that every single one of them would have been profitable. And if we kept on hitting those marks, that would turn some heads. That would make the business go, oh shit. I don't know who these Ching Chongs are, but uh, I don't know who these Ching Chongs are, but they're making money. At the end of the day, it's a business, right? But not that many are profitable. Sure, there are models of... There, there, there are a few, few good examples of profitable Asian American independent films, but a lot of them are not profitable. So, uh, and you know, I hate to do the, you know, tell people the the, the money aspect of it, but all you people go will watch Infinity War, and I'm not saying that Infinity War is bad. I think Infinity War was well worth well worth the the well I I paid seven bucks because I got a discount for something but it was well worth the ticket price I had a, a great time watching it I'm not going to give any spoilers because I know you guys will be crazy if I do but um uh actually you should have at, at this point I should probably give out some spoilers right because if you haven't watched it now then fucking wrong with you I'll tell you this, uh, I'm not going to go, 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 go as far as saying that, um, the MCU universe is, uh, is racist, but the last movie, I'm going to spoil it. Here we go. Most of the black superheroes died. Oh, I said it. Oh, get mad, angry, all seven of you watching. Yes. Fucking racist. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't want to get into a discussion about Asian American, uh, Asian American film, but, uh, uh, but I have to. It's, it's, I'm writing, but Jesus Christ, man, this business and this, you know, like, and that's the thing is that I, I, I wish all the best for all these filmmakers that are making it. And I'm like, do it, just fucking do it. Hopefully, you know, a few of you, a uh, few of you, um, become successful and we need more of you. Unfortunately, you know. I mean, I have a thing about the crazy rich Asians, too. Like, I wish them the best, but this was when we first started this podcast about a year ago. Uh, I was kind of pissed off because, like, uh, the director was, was asking for video submissions. And let's be honest, how many of those video submissions did, we really, did they really even look at? You know what I mean? They knew who they were going to fucking cast. They just made a social media push, you know what I mean? Which pissed me off because of the fact that there are, I mean, I knew what it was, so I didn't even submit, and I don't, fat fuck, I don't, I don't, I don't look like no rich anything, right? But if it was a social media push, and they didn't really, really look at the actors that submitted, I'm not saying that any of them are good, I don't know if they were or not, but to post your audition tape on social media is just a ploy to start some fucking new trending hashtag and you're actually, actually just capitalizing on these hungry actors and actresses kind of a shitty move. Andrew Girls, different subject, but your thoughts on Cobra Kai. To be honest, I haven't watched it. Um, the people that have watched Cobra Kai they have told me that um, they liked it. Uh, I will get to it and I'll watch it. I just didn't want to. You gotta know something about me, Andrew. I'm. 
not that I'm poor, but I am cheap, and um, I uh, don't want to pay ten bucks uh, a month uh, for YouTube bread. You know, the 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 commercials they don't bug me that much. Thankfully, there's always a skip button, um, but um, yeah, I'll eventually get to it, and uh, I'll let you know. Um, the one thing I have to say, I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine today. We, we were actually a little drunk, and uh, we were talking about um, martial art movies made by white folks. And um, there was a movie uh, that I love, I truly love. Um, uh, it was Best of the Best. Uh, it was not made by white folks. It was made by... Philip and Simon Rhee, but aside from those two and the Korean national team in this movie, the rest of the U.S. cast had zero martial art ability. Same with Daniel Lelusa. Lelusa, that motherfucker, Ralph Macchio, zero martial art ability. Now, it looked like, um, what's his name, Billy Zabka, uh, what's his name, Johnny. Uh, he seemed like he had a little bit of martial arts skill in him. But Ralph Macchio, zero. Matter of fact, because my name is Daniel, and when I was a kid and Karate Kid, the original came out, everybody in the neighborhood, all the cholos, would call me Daniel-san. Now, I wasn't the dumbass that if they picked on me, I wouldn't do the crane kick because I know that would fuck me up, right? Because literally, the crane kick, totally ineffective. Totally, totally ineffective, right? Because uh, it only works if the world is two-dimensional. But it's not. It's three-dimensional. Don't worry, Andrew. I'm not giving up. This is not, I'm not... There is nothing uh, that would make me give up unless I have to, uh, you know, something happens, I have to support my family. Aside from that, not giving up this this, this shitty dream I have of, of, of being an entertainer. Uh, and the reason why I won't give up is it's more of a pride issue, really. It's um, the only, one of the things that keeps me going is um, it's, it's kind of anger-based. It's... Uh, um, I plan to uh, frame pictures of my middle finger to all those people that have doubted me. Once I make it, you're going to get a nice, a nice photograph of me flipping you off. And um, that's, a, that's, that's a goal that, uh, that, uh, that I, I plan on, I plan on hitting. So, yeah, you know. Um, the angle on the, you know, I'm going to hire um, a well-known photographer. You know what I mean? Like someone like a celebrity photographer to take a picture of me flipping you off. I'm going to frame it. You know, I'm going to frame it nice. You know, I'm going to send it to y'all. I have a small list. Um, it's not the Arya Stark list, but it's a list nonetheless. And, um, you know. James Cho says, ah, I support you, but I want one of those too. Okay, here's here's one. Bam, fuck you. <clears throat> um, it's, it's weird. It's uh, I know it's not healthy. I know it's not healthy to be this, uh, how do you say, uh, bitter and vengeful, but it's a good motivation to be like, you know what? Fuck you. Guys, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what motivates any of, any of you listeners, but... Uh, like, fuck you is a good motivator. Eh? I can't wait to tell that person, fuck you, right? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, that a lot of uh, accomplished people used fuck you as a motivation. You know what I mean? The uh, here's here's. I don't know him personally, obviously, but I guarantee you, uh, 
people like Bill Gates and um, Steve Jobs. Fuck you was a motivator. Fuck you was a motivator. Not, now, those guys obviously aren't childish like me, and they won't frame a picture of them flipping somebody off and milling it to their enemies. They're not going to do that. I don't have enemies, per se, but but um, I think Chris Rock kind of uh, talked about it, but um, I guarantee you that uh, Bill Gates and uh, Bill Gates and who else, who else was there? Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, they were bullied as... Um, as kids, as high school kids, I'm sure they were stuffed in lockers, and um, their fuck you wasn't, hey, I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna be like a star athlete or whatever cool, like whatever was viewed as cool back when they were in high school, but once they made their money, ooh, and they made real fuck you money, all of them made real fuck you money, and thankfully. <coughs> They're not, they're not shitheads like me, and you know, like Bill Gates apparently has like they they, he's very charitable, you know. I'm sure Steve Jobs, um, you know, uh, kept the turtleneck, uh, black shirt, um, company in business. I don't know. Anyway, I personally believe "fuck you" is a good motivator. So, you know, you guys. Uh, do you guys have any other motivation, like things that motivate you, aside from fuck you? Uh, the last episode, I was talking about how, um, how given that I was starting to gain weight, that, uh, that one of my ways of not eating like shit is um, I'd stay, I, I would stand in front of a mirror in my underwear, naked, and um, I would start eating pizza. And as I'm eating pizza, looking at myself in the mirror, I fucking, I tell myself, you fucking fat ass motherfucker. I haven't eaten pizza since I've done that, and that's been five months ago. So I think I gotta do that next with fried chicken, which is sad because I love fried chicken. Um, But, you know, gotta have to do it um yeah my other motivational uh thing that motivates me is like i have to like be hard on myself i have to like talk shit to myself i'll be like yo stop being a pussy you know what i mean do this shit you know you know when i'm feeling lazy i'll be like get your fucking fat ass up you stupid sack of shit that's why there's not much there's nothing that anyone can really say to me that will upset me more than what I've already said to myself. I'm meaner than to myself. Now I know there's some people here that are going to be like, Oh, Danny. Oh, Danny, you have to love yourself. And, you know. Um, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm just not built that way. I don't think I've, I've ever... Um, I mean, yeah, there are times when I'll pat myself in the back. Um, uh, but for the most part, it's... It's always like, thank you. Andrew goes, I'll always support you and spread the word. Thank you, brother. Um, I appreciate that. I really do. And, you know, me, me saying all that shit I did earlier in the, in the episode doesn't mean that I'm going to quit or, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, like, not thankful for all the support. I mean, I, I know that I have a handful of supporters, um, not just me, but K-Town Cowboys and, you know, people around me. Thank you, buddy. Uh, <clears throat> but Christine Joy, hi, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, but yeah, like you know, that that's what motivates me. My motivation is not the like you can do it, Danny, or it's not positive. It's all like negative based. It's me going, you fucking lazy ass. You know what I mean? You quit a six-figure job to are you gonna be a bum? You fucking, you know what I mean? Like I'm one of the like I'll be one of those coaches. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily um, uh, a good way to motivate children. I don't think I'm gonna you know tell my kids that like well, you know what? I realized 
um, I, I realized that um, uh, I wasn't raised like, like I'm not going to say that um, there wasn't love. I'm not going to say that. There was love. There definitely was love. But I think it was rarely verbalized. Uh, it was it was it was it was tough love. You know what I mean? Like um, the one time that uh, I can remember my parents saying that they were proud of me. The one time was uh, when I um, graduated college. You know, and you know, I mean, obviously, I would I would I have been a different person if it was always hugs and oh my god, I'm proud of you for for getting an A on your report card. It was always like nah, like I mean, I, this is an old joke, but uh, in the second grade, I brought home my first B, and you know the stereotype: Asian parents, you, you can't bring home Bs. You know, and so before my mom was about to flip out, before she's about to flip out, I uh, I show her the report card, and on the report card, you know, it says A is excellent, B is good, C is average. So I tell her, I tell my mom, mom, before you flip out, it says right here B is good, and my mom goes. You did not get good. If you get good, you get G. Alright? Fair. So what does uh B stand for? She goes, B stands for bad. Betty bad. I was like, awesome. What does C stand for? She's like, coffin. I put you in coffin. And I'm just like, yeah. What about D? Die. You you die. I kill you. Uh, what about F? Fuck you, fuck you. Don't even think about fuck you, F. That was a standard. Uh, when I look back on it, I think it was a great motivator. I think fear uh, is an is an interesting motivational tool. The fear of failure. The fear of, well, in the beginning, it's the fear of getting your ass kicked by your parents. But then that transitions to a fear of failure. So you do everything you can to try to not fail. Now, inevitably, you're going to fail. Life, you're, you're going to take a lot of L's in life, right? Uh, but the other part of it is once you take that loss, what is the motivation for you to get back? Uh, get back on your horse, as they speak, or as they say. And... Uh, for me, the motivation was fuck it. I might have lost this one, but I gotta keep on going, yo. You know, it's always tough love. Even you know, and, and I realized that that was my uh, like when I used to teach martial arts. I know, big surprise, fat ass Danny used to not be fat ass Danny, and I used to teach martial arts. And I run into a handful of my uh, students, former students, and they all told me that they fucking hated me because I was very tough on them. To be honest, I um, uh, did I hit them? Yeah, I hit them. <clears throat> but not abuse. It was uh, discipline. Hi, Ann. How are you? Wow, I am losing my voice because it is almost 3 a.m. here in Korea. But yeah, let's talk about motivation. Um, you know, it's like it's like Kobe Bryant. No, I don't know him personally. I shot a commercial with him. Um, he wasn't the, 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 the sweetest person, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm a fan of Kobe Bryant for one thing and one thing alone. And it's his sheer, almost psychotic will to win or be the best or whatever that motivation was. 
that psychotic, like that, that basketball nerd. You know what I mean? Was it the best way? I don't know if it's the best way, but I fucking admire that, that, you know, that I tore my Achilles, but I'm going to sink these two free throws and walk off. I'm not gonna they're not gonna put me in a stretcher or a fucking wheelchair. I'm gonna whip my way off the court after I sink these two free throws. That is some in Korean some Michinom shit. That's some crazy ass psychotic will. And um I don't think I don't think Kobe Bryant's, uh, I think Kobe Bryant's kind of closer to me in that sense. It's just kind of like, yo, you fucking pussy. Sink these shots and don't let anyone fucking carry you to the uh, locker room. Don't show weakness. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, I, I don't know if that's a, if necessarily that's the, the, the healthy way, but, um, It, it, I think it works. I really think it works. I really think that um, that that drive only comes when you're super hard on yourself. I mean, that is for me, you know, like uh, whenever like I have like like a lot of things to do and I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna get through it. Next question I look at, next thing I say to myself, I look in the mirror and be like, you better fucking do it, motherfucker, you know? Uh, Andrew goes, we're from the Bay Area, so we're into Steph Curry. Sure. I, I don't, I don't really follow Steph Curry's, like, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard stories of his, like, crazy, um, like, will to win type of shit. But I'm sure, I'm sure all, all those superstars are, they have to be. All, all superstar basketball players should uh, should be that driven. They have to be that driven. I mean, dude, there's only one way to be the best in the world, and that's not that's not God just God given. That's that's a lot of fucking hard work, right? But the extra motivation of Kobe, and you know, you can go online and find the insane workout work habits and things like that. You know what I mean? You know, Tom Brady's. Uh, insane workout habits or like you know body you know how he you know protects his body and shit like that it's awesome uh uh by the way uh given that i'm in korea i can't watch any of the sports live which kind of sucks oh but oh one thing awesome about guam and saipan is that since it's america espn i miss da 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 Da, da, da. And um, I don't know who's been watching the um, the, the the playoffs, but um, boom, Houston or Golden State. Let me know. Let me know. I personally think I think Golden State's gonna take it, but I kind of want the Rockets to win. Um, I'll tell you why. It feels like, it feels like, uh, the Rockets are a less stacked team. Um, sure, they got Harden, they got, uh, Chris Paul, but that's, and, you know, Clint Capella is, uh, playing like, like a, a legit, legit big man, you know. Uh, what's his name? Gordon off the bench. Yeah, legit. But Golden State has four bona fide all-stars, possibly four Hall of Famers down the line. Um, Golden State only has two. I mean, uh, the, the Rockets only have two. So clearly, I feel like, um, I feel like even though the Rockets had a better record and, you know, 
the Mike D'Antoni system is chuck it up, baby. And uh, um, yeah, I'm thinking uh, it's more fun to watch, you know. Now, who who I think as I think Golden State on paper is just unbeatable, unbeatable. Uh, Daniel K K H Jung says, "Are you in Seoul?" Yes, buddy. I've been in Seoul for the last six months. Uh, oh, except for this past weekend, I was in Guam and Saipan, in paradise, in paradise. Uh, mm, oh, uh, so on the Western Conference final of uh, the Western Conference, I I want the Rockets to win, but I think. Um, the uh, the Warriors are gonna take it. Now in the East, um, Toronto. What a fucking bust, you know. Um, I was actually really rooting for Toronto because uh, I I thought that uh, uh, was it Demar, DeRozan, and Kyle Lowry. I thought they were a fucking funny ass pair, you know. Uh, but you know, I don't know what's gonna happen, but you know, yeah, I thought that I thought they had a shot. I don't know. I mean, I didn't know if they were gonna beat the Cavaliers, but I don't think they were gonna get swept. And they fucking peach out of you know what I mean. Uh, um, who else? Uh, the Seventy Sixers. Yeah, I mean, I I never was on board with the 76ers, the trust the process situation. I'm not saying that they're not good, but Ben Simmons can't shoot. And you can argue, well, Magic couldn't shoot either, but Magic kind of could. Uh, and um, Joel Embiid, um, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, he's a solid center uh, in the NBA. Uh, I'm sure, you know, few years down the line he's gonna be more dominant he's already kind of dominant but you know the thing about what it seems like when when, when I was a kid every every um, team had like a good center and the team with fucking amazing centers what they would do is they just feed them down low feed them down low and if they couldn't handle the center that's that that fool's scoring 30 and if they can handle it because of a double team, they kick it out and they'd have shooters and they would fucking shoot the lights out, right? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily needed anymore in, in this league because everyone is just chucking threes and, you know, it's... And, and I'm not going to oversimplify it to just chucking threes. You know, there's different schemes, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so I don't think it's necessary for you to have a dominant center. But it's good to see the back to the basket, um, you know, players. I think Clint Capella might be like the new age center. He's young. He's uh, he's uh, quick, decent on defense. You know what I mean? Pick and roll. He doesn't have. He doesn't have necessarily like a like a solid jumper or whatever. Um, and on top of that, I'm a uh, I'm a Laker fan, but uh, I don't hate LeBron. Do, do I think what he's doing is amazing? Yeah, it's fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Um, but, but with that being said, I'm not putting him in the Mount Rushmore of basketball players just because um, he had four people. I saw a meme today and they put Kobe and, and LeBron in the Mount Rushmore. I won't do that. Uh, to me, the Mount Rushmore of uh, basketball players is Magic, Bird, Jordan, Kareem. So, uh, oh, dude, I, I hit an hour. So for those that are, uh, um, listening, uh, email us, email me your Mount Rushmore of, uh, basketball players. Email us at ktowncowboys at gmail.com. Once again, I apologize that this podcast is about four days late. Uh, but what are you going to do? 
Danny had to go uh, make some money in uh, Saipan. All right. So um, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, if you have any, again, if you have any questions or comments, email us at gatetowncowboys at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, if you enjoyed it, like it, share it, tell a friend to listen to it. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Later. <laughs>